You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's Friday morning, and it is opening day. Opening day baseball. Charlie Winfield, Bart Gregory. Bart, it's back. And this time, it's going to be good. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has ruled by like an oh, army yeah. of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good, and it could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Well, I had that queued up for you, Charlie. Well, glad you did. James Earl Jones, product of... Arcabulta, Mississippi. Arcabutla? Arcabutla. Arcabulta. Arcabutla. It's a lake up there. Yeah. But James Earl Jones is from there. Does uh, Field of Dreams hold up to you? Yes. It does? Watched it uh, about a week and a half ago. Is it top? Uh, is it your top baseball movie? Ooh. Yeah, yes. Well, I don't know because there's different genres, right? There are different kinds. You know, the Natural was good. Eight Men Out was good. If so where do you th- humor? Where do you throw Bull Durham in there? Oh, it's boy, it's right up there. Because uh, I was thinking about that this morning. When I put I, Bull Durham ahead of Major League for humor, by the way. Yeah, I do too. I do too. But if you're ever in the bro- for you aspiring broadcasters at home, never watch Major League or Bull Durham before you broadcast a game. I will say that because there are th- there are times that. Um, and I was thinking, well, you this know mo- what doesn't hold up because you and I are guilty of saying things like it hit the bull. Well, I was going to say that this morning. And my f- kids look at me like, what is that? Even what does that? What does that mean? Because I think full disclosure, we have to make our listeners understand what hit the bull means. Epi Calvin Lelouch was the fireballer in Bull Durham and he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And so when he finally found his control, Kevin Costner, the catcher, says, hey, hit the bull. We want him to still think you're wild. The bull was the mascot the bull walking was, around behind the plate in the minor league baseball game. Right. And so he threw it wildly, and it hit the bull. And so when somebody throws a pitch way outside, every now and then you and I will allude to he hit the bull. And so I actually have some people say, what does that mean? That's what it means. Okay, I'm sorry. I digress. I could talk about baseball movies all day. For love of the game? For the love of the game to no, me. No, there was no the. For love of the for game. For love of the game. Is very underrated. That's where those pedantic people on the internet like to get you. It's a, um, it's somewhat of a love story. It's a romantic comedy. Would you say that uh, Bull Durham is a romantic comedy? Because there's, no, would you say I Major League? Say like, Major League too, man. He falls in love with Rene Russo. Who, okay. Yeah. This is another story. For, we need to watch some movies. Do a movie review. Do a movie review for I baseball I think the movies. only movie that this show has ever gotten me to watch was the... Uh, Roadhouse? Roadhouse, yes. <laughs> the original. You know, they're they're making a, a, a recut now. That's so good. It had to be done again. 
<laughs> oh, man, so baseball is here. Air Force is in town. And, man, these guys just uh, are different, right? When you when you look at Air Force and you start breaking down a team, it's not very often you look at an opposing team and say, hey, this shortstop has been selected for the Air Force's combat rescue team, which is basically like their Navy SEALs. Um these are some different kind of dudes. He's got some dog in him. I yeah, mean, I was gonna say. Yeah. We talked about the Miles Briggs after last year. Yeah, I mean, you kind of you, kinda, <laughs> you, you got, got that box. Well, what about this? Their head coach was twenty years active duty flying jets. He retired as a major and now coaching baseball. You know, I've always, I've always followed Air Force baseball a little bit, and here's the reason why: Mike Hutchin was the longtime coach at Air Force. And he coached with Coach Polk here as a GA a long time ago. And, you know, that would have been like around when Raffo and those guys were here, I think. I think it was a little bit maybe an earlier than that. I mean, I think was it, it was early, early process. Now, not as not as early as, say, Keith Madison, who ended up being the coach at Kentucky. But um, I've always been very intrigued by the, uh, by the Air Force Academy and service academies. We actually went a few years ago during an off week in football in the fall we went out to Colorado and ended our trip in Colorado Springs and went to an Air Force football game. And so went on the base, and uh, it's just a cool vibe, man. And, and you start le- looking at how Air Force has actually been a, a really good baseball team. They've got two guys who are preseason, you know, all-conference players. One has been the conference player of the year, Kalasikum, and um, who can hit? He can flat-out hit. They went to the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago. Uh, their pitching has been really good. And then all of a sudden you start thinking about, okay, what was two years ago for Air Force that made them so good? Paul Skeens. Well, that helps. Yeah. But Skeens wasn't Skeens yet, was he? No, he wasn't. He was I re- mean, he was obviously really highly coveted, but I don't think anybody even knew. And he was a two-way player out there, and he came to LSU, and he just you know, began to pitch. And, I mean, best player in college baseball last year. So they, they have some uh, – they have some dudes. When I looked at 10,000 feet, when I look at this roster for Air Force, one of the things that stands out to me is, one, and I know you'll get into the numbers quickly, about how they pitch down in the zone and get a lot of ground balls. The The second thing is is they've been really good in the middle of their infield. And the third thing is they got three dudes on their roster from Auburn, Alabama that went to Auburn High School in Alabama. A senior, Thomason, who's preseason all-league, And then they've got a sophomore and then a freshman that are all from Auburn High School in Auburn, Alabama. So Thomason last year hit 21 home runs. That's a guy that can, a guy that can swing it too. They got a couple of guys, and how are we going to say this? Kalisingman. Let's work on this one. Cool, Kulasingham. That's it. Kulasingham. 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 And we're going to apologize to his parents all weekend, Sam. Kulasingham is a senior from Holly Springs, North Carolina. And then Jay Thomason from Auburn. Those two guys kind of in the middle of the order can really hit. thing they do, they get on base, they steal bases, they put the ball in play, and defensively they pick it up and throw you out. You know what they are? You know what they are? They're a team that if you get out there and kick it around, if you get out there and uh, come to the plate trying to take big swings and jack balls, you know, out past the the right field lounge every time that they they'll they'll embarrass you a little bit because you know when you look at this team they were not a 500 team last year but they have the enough pieces 
and they're going to play a discipline, you know, a discipline approach in the field and at the plate. I mean, that's just who they are. They're the type of team that you probably have better athletes than they do. Other than, you know, Kalisum, I mean, that guy's pretty good. But um, they're the type of team that if you make mistakes, they'll make you pay. thing that jumped out at me and really scares me from an offensive standpoint for us is the guys throwing the ball. You know, we're going to face Singham Shim tonight, and this is a guy who gets two-to-one ground ball to fly ball. These guys, and he's not alone. It just keeps going down the list for these guys. You wonder how much of that's just what you're built for playing out west, right? If you play golf in West Texas, you better hit low drives. <laughs> if you pitch out west, if you pitch in Colorado, you better know how to pitch down. And that's what they've been able to do. And Shim, left-hander tonight, or this afternoon, 6'4", left-hander, last year, he got 56 ground ball outs, 27 flyouts. You think about that. He made 18 appearances last year. And he got less than two fly ball outs. That's a pop-up or a fly out <laughs> per outing. <laughs> 27 fly outs, that's it. I mean, they people would just beat it in the ground with him. And then Weber, the guy they're going to throw on Sunday, is a sinker ball slider type guy. He's down in the zone. And, and what he's have, nearly two to one. And what have we had trouble with? Those. Uh, sinker ball, uh, you know, pounding balls in the, in the zone. So, okay, that's – that's right, my let's view. talk about us for a minute. We don't know who we're going to see and where necessarily today because I think some guys are banged up. Chris Lamont has talked about that a little bit. And I think he said that Ross Highfield was available to hit. He didn't say unavailable to catch, but I take it that way. And uh, we a little bit of comments uh, about Mershon being banged up a little bit. So you wonder if the lineup defensively on the infield isn't colder than Cup. Amani, Larry, and Hunter Hines. Well, and based upon what I saw, it just maybe I'm reading into it too much. And first and foremost, before I get into this, Charlie, I've been around Mississippi State baseball, of course, all of our lives. Both of you have too. And that's kind of why that James Earl Jones hits a little home with us because I always, since I was six years old, this is my favorite, one of my favorite days of the year, the first day of baseball season at Mississippi State. But working closely with the program, and this will be my 24th season, and I, I can't ever remember a time where it's been this quiet, the week or two leading up to the season. And so you can take a few things from that. One is sometimes when everything's quiet, that means you're being guarded of, hey, we got some guys hurt, we may not be as good, but also, I've seen it really quiet before when you're going to be a lot better and nobody wants to say anything. You see what I'm saying? I don't know what this case is. I do know, and just by reading through the tea leaves, I do think we got some guys banged up coming in. We talked about Mershon. He alluded to Dylan Cup, who may be a little bit banged up, um, maybe not as bad as Mershon. So there, there may be some, you know, Ligon. Cup, of course, took a ball to the face. Right, and he may have, you know, they just kind of a what I read through the tea leaves is he may have somewhat of a little bit of a strain issue as well. But um, Ligon, uh, Bradley Lofton, I mean, I think those guys are all available to pitch, but you may not see them more than an inning or two. Well, hey, talk about that, though. One of the things we saw with Justin Parker last year at South Carolina, we're going to throw a lot of guys. Yeah. And it's going to be a dang 
revolving door on the pitcher's mouth. I think he's going to keep his guys more engaged. I don't think it's going to be the kind of thing that if you're a guy sitting in the bullpen that, you know, man, I threw Friday, I'm done for the week, I can put on my tennis shoes. I mean, I, I think you're going to see more guys pitching more games on weekends in shorter stints. Yeah, there's, there's probably something to that. And uh, and you and I talked about this right after we hired Justin Parker as our pitching coach. Um, and we talk, <laughs> you talk about that uh, that bulldog mentality. I thought South Carolina had a little bit in their neck last year, I mean, as they say. I thought that they uh, they kind of came at us a little bit last year, which uh, which I liked a lot. So you do change the philosophy, and, and the people I talk to around the program talk about how Justin Parker has really resonated with his pitching staff. The thing, the question mark for me is, yeah, it's different. It's a, it's a different way of going about things from a mental standpoint. But when you stand out on that mound and all of a sudden you get rocked for that first time, do you revert back to that old mentality or do you, you know, or do you face the challenge head on, which you hope you do? Well, I like the guys that we're throwing out there in terms of facing challenges this weekend. So Nate Dome's going to get the start in game one. And one thing about Dome, we do we know he's got a really good fastball. We saw that last year. The word from talking to guys is that he's developed his secondary pitches and that he's a different guy this year to be more of a pitcher. Dome, though, a guy I think you could safely say, look, he didn't walk a bunch of guys last year in, in a room where a lot of people walked a lot of guys. He didn't do that. Um, the thing is he got hit a little bit, but – that's kind of baseball now, right? People are going to – 97 ain't what it used to be. But that's the whole idea of these secondary pitches, maybe getting a little more sink, getting some ground balls. But Dome is not a guy that backs away from a challenge. No. I don't worry about him going out there and melting down, um, whether he gets hit or not. And that's the thing I like because I can tell you – look, what do we know about opening days? It's kind of like an opening game in football, right? In football, you're going to see a fumble. You're going to see some miscommunications here and there. There's going to be some balls. I hope I'm wrong, but odds are you're going to see a ball kicked around. Somebody's going to have to overcome something. Yeah, and what do we say after every football game? We're going to overanalyze the first game of the season. It's either going to be really, really good. After you know, Sitting here tonight at 8 o'clock, we're going to say, man, that was really, really good, or golly, we can't feel the lick. We may have one error. You know? I think back to 2014 when we were coming off of playing for the national championship and the first game of the season, we're playing Western Carolina, and we got Brandon Woodruff on the mound. And Woody had had a really good off season, really good off season, and we got beat. And so, now that was just a day where we kicked it around a little bit. We didn't hit it as well. Sometimes you didn't, you know, what's that old adage? And we're I'm going to say it for the first time on the baseball show this year, and it's one that I hate. We're trying to do too much at the plate. Oh. <laughs> You don't I didn't even, want a homer, so I just doubled. Yeah, you didn't want to. So, you, you hope you don't have too many guys up there today that are trying to, quote, unquote, do too much at the plate. Well, yeah, we could certainly see some first game big swings, right? Uh, but on the mound defensively, I feel like we are going to be better. And I think those two things go hand in hand. We looked a lot last year and talked about pitching, but it is tough to pitch when a ground ball to the left side's got a better chance of getting through than not. Okay, so there you go with Logan Kohler, and there's the segue to the third baseman. 
Okay, how does he play at third? He has been special. He has been really, really good in the fall and preseason at third base. He'll be the guy today that <laughs> like and so, three through the legs. I mean, we've had guys drafted. I remember we've had one guy, and I won't call his name. We've had one guy drafted before three times on bullpen sessions, all right? And then, you know, you go out there, and this is years and years ago, and then you go out there in a the game, you put grandmas in the stands, and he just, you know, it just wouldn't air. And so I hope Logan Kohler, and I have no reason to believe otherwise. He comes from Memphis. He's he's played in some big games, but not big, big, big games. And so you just hope that – the emotions don't get to him. Now, at the end of the day, I think he's going to be pretty good for you. No, so I think you've got a chance to be good. Now, if Cup is playing short, I did see Mershon put out a tweet today that basically said, let's play ball. So, I don't know exactly what that means, uh, whether he thinks he can play or not, but could be he's being a good teammate. But if Cup is your shortstop, you know that the talent is there. You know that the high-end potential is there. There's always growing pains with a young guy. Isn't that – I think that, to me, is the thing. There are some really good freshmen. It don't come easy, man. No, it doesn't. And you start thinking about the left side of the infield. And another way that we were a little bit lagging behind last year was turning double plays in the middle. And so you wonder, coming into this year, Amani Larry at second base, has he gotten a little bit quicker with a transfer? You know, when you don't turn that double play sometimes when it's there – then all of a sudden that adds more pitches. Now, at the end of the day, too, we were pitching up in the zone. We were pitching for strikeouts. We got a lot of fly balls last year. We were a fly ball team, so we didn't get as many ground balls. So with this new philosophy, are we pitching to contact more? Are we getting more ground balls? And if you get more ground balls, you've got to do a better job in the middle. How will Cup handle as a freshman at shortstop turning the double play? Because to me, that's a big factor, too. No, Absolutely. Um, outfield, you got Dakota moving to right. The only issue there is it's not a talent issue. Playing that wall can be tricky. I guess, you know, he had the fall in the spring to do it. But I wonder if we didn't get a little spoiled with Kellum being out there for a couple of years. That, knowing how to play that thing. That uh, that wall, you may see it once every five games. I mean, it's not like you may see the wall come into play, that curved wall in the corner. It didn't come into play every single game. But when it does, it's a big moment. I mean, because you're you're dealing with extra base hits is what you're dealing with. Is it a triple? Is it a double? Is it a single? I mean, you've seen guys be held to singles before. Kellum held guys to singles, played a ball off the wall. And how do you – we saw Mangum run forever because – who was it? Was it Florida? I think it was Florida. We played Florida on a Friday night. We were doing a game. Yeah, because we got a message. I don't know if you remember this. So, we hits the ball off the wall. It kicks, runs for a triple. And Scott Strickland, the AD at Florida, who was here when the – Stadium was designed, sent a message, said, who's the idiot that designed that wall? curved wall in right field? <laughs> I, for, I forgot about that. But, yeah, Mangum ran forever and maybe could have gotten an inside-the-park home run and we just held him at third. Um, I think you're going to be good defensively in center. Huge sack out there. You've got uh, Mike O'Brien. Yeah, Michael O'Brien, freshman from down in New Orleans. Yeah, so I think what you've got there between those two things is – Somebody who can look. I think Isaac's going to cover a lot of ground. I, I called him huge earlier, huge sack because that's that's how it reads. The guy, the guys call him huge periodically. <laughs> but so, but Isaac, and then you've got, um, like I said, O'Brien out there, and so you've got a couple of plus defenders uh, that you're going to have out there. And then 
in left, you know, Bryce Chance, I think, figures to get the start out there. And Bryce is a baseball player. He is. You just don't worry about Bryce Chance. And, man, that guy, I, I'm telling you, man, like I was, I was telling somebody the other day, like if we were doing the get-off-the-bus team, probably not drafting him high, but if you're drafting somebody who's just uh, going to fight you and going to have a professional at bat, um, he's your guy. Okay, full disclosure here. And I feel like I can say this because his dad, Chris Chance, used to be at the scorer's table at basketball Yep, for the longest time. And uh, good dude, great family. Bryce is a great kid. And full disclosure here, the first time I saw Bryce out in the outfield, I was like, you know what, we just – you know, we we got we got a guy who just loves Mississippi State. We you know he's just one of those guys. I don't know how much he's going to contribute for us. And I'm like you, you know, you just wondered, okay, getting off the bus. But let me tell you, man, that guy shows up every day. You talk about lunch pail guys. No, we don't on this show. We don't. <laughs> we we don't talk about that on this show. <laughs> but hey, he has worked and worked and worked, and he's like that gnat that just won't go away, and because he's a ball player. He's just yeah, he, a ball, he's a ball player. Yeah, that's and you know what? This is a team that needs some ball. They players. need some. We need some ball players, um, and I think he is one. I think you're going to see that Dylan Cup's a ball player, even being highly regarded. But uh, this guy's different, man. He just wants to play ball. Yeah, and so I like that. Um, hey, by the way, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They've got agents in all 82 counties. Our friend Henry Hamill with Farm Bureau. I would be willing to give you pretty good odds that Henry Hamill will have a grill lit and will be in the outfield here this weekend. But thanks to all our friends at Farm Bureau. And one of my favorite stories of the week, yesterday I was sitting at my desk and I got a message popped up on the screen. And it was from a listener in Missouri who has daughters here just out of nowhere said, hey, want to let you guys know, listen to the show, appreciate it, enjoy it. Not even a Mississippi State guy originally, but his daughters were here, and so they've become state fans. And his daughter was in a car accident, didn't know where to take it, said, I've been listening to you guys talk about going to Cannon Ford. So I said, hey, go to Cannon Ford. And Cannon Ford, he was reporting to us, took great care of her to the point that he was going to be in town this weekend and stop by and say thank you. That yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, I got that email too. That was really, really cool. The power of advertising, Charlie. There you go. That's what it is. Um, so well, we're you, like Paul Harvey. We only talk about the people we use. That's right. And I guarantee you this: when Henry Hamill is out in the outfield this week, I know what he's going to have on the grill, and that's going to be some country pleasing sausage. Henry always has country pleasing. But hey, don't go out there and bother him now. We don't we don't deal with uh, we don't deal with chefs when they're working hard. Well, there you go. Don't bother him because he's. So I haven't. I still haven't done your thing. The um, you were talking about this where you take the sausage and you score it because you had to explain to me what scoring was, but you cut it kind of open but not all the way through. Yeah, about halfway or three quarters away. And then you put a little put a little barbecue, barbecue rub in there. Rub on there. Yeah, I, I use it in the oven. I put it in the oven for fifteen minutes on three fifty. That's exactly what I do. And it, it can be a cold oven. Usually I just I, I put it in there. So I don't have to. You're not a preheat guy. No, 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 no. I just I put it in the oven, pop it on 350. I've never preheated an oven. I'll wait 15 minutes, and it is perfection. I'm telling you. I use the Malcolm, uh, the Malcolm White, not Michael White. What's the Malcolm Reed? 
the guy, the barbecue right guy. Yeah. I use his rub and put it on there. I'm sure somebody else out there has got a better rub than that, but, I mean, it's really good. It's really good stuff. He's in Hernando. But I use that on anything country-pleasing. The jalapeno hey, they cheddar. they make some good seasonings, too, down there. Oh, they do. They make I've some good. still got some that. And the reason really I use good. Malcolm Reed is because he uses a lot of country-pleasing. He and Henry work well together. Okay. Yeah. Well, it'll be uh, good to get the grills fired up and the country pleasing going. All right, real quick, I want to ask you a few things about this team coming in. Yes or no, this is a much better baseball team than a year ago. Oh, yeah, I think so. It is. It is a lot better baseball team this year. Here's what, um, and not to go into too much uh, craziness here and um, get behind the scenes, I think this team likes each other. <laughs> is that is that going too far? No, that's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of this glass half full. I I think this team has some some pretty good chemistry of what I've seen early on out of the gate, and uh, I hope that continues. Now, here's the question for me, and I'm trying to figure out who it's going to be. Who's going to be the alpha dog? Who's the leader? Uh, you can't you know, you, you can't just say this guy is your leader when he's not a leader. I'm trying to figure out who that's going to be because I think that's one of the things that's understated about sports is what's your locker room look like. You know, we talk about the Chiefs, the, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and about what has made them so good. And you look at really good teams in the NFL, it always falls back to the really good teams in the NFL have really, really good locker room leadership. Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, whether you like that or not, Patrick Mahomes, all three of those guys are very good leaders. Heard an interesting stat today, by the way, that I've got to play off your Kansas City Chiefs one moment. In the Super Bowl that was just played this past weekend, you had Patrick Mahomes starting on one side and Brock Purdy starting on the other. There were five other players in that game who as high school quarterbacks were ranked higher than the two of them coming out of the game. Well, it kind of shows you. Sometimes when you get to the elite elite in high school, they can't transform it. Well, it also shows you that a lot of high school quarterbacks go on to be things like tight ends. Too, like true. Blake Pell or, yeah. or receivers <laughs> or things like that. But I thought that was, anyway, interesting note. Five players ranked higher. All right, real quick, too, my other question for you. Who's your DH today? Or maybe let me rephrase that because we're using a lefty today. Give me your top three DH candidates for the weekend. I'm assuming we'll see several. Well, I think today's you're going to see Ross Highfield because they're going to start a left-hander. And Chris Lamonis alluded to Ross being, you know, a little bit banged up the past few weeks. And you're going to probably see you know, Johnny Long or Joe Powell behind the plate. And, and catch defensively. So I think the, the obvious answer today is going to be Ross Highfield. All right, I'm going to give you one other candidate. Who's that? Aaron Downs. Oh, I'm, I'm there too. I don't like. I mean, you got to find a place for Aaron Downs because he's, he, he's a guy that can hit. Aaron Downs is a player who it doesn't matter who I talk to on the team. Guys repeatedly say, man, Aaron Downs can play. He just can't stay healthy. Well, and so many people, and, and too – 
we've talked about this since he was a freshman about hey Aaron Aaron Downs can hit Aaron Downs can hit and then when he comes in the game he may strike out he may pop up he may do something and then I get a text message from a buddy hey I thought Aaron Downs was supposed to be pretty good he's the type of guy you got to have in the lineup he's got to play he's he's not a guy once every five day guy he's he's a type of player that has to hit and if he's a if he's someone that's in the lineup he is going to hit all right let me uh, I'll give you Spolita maybe. Spolita could be a DH. Could see sometime. Nolan Stevens, maybe, gets a turn. On the left-handed side. Jackson McKenzie would be an option, too. So, um, all right, your turn then. Um, The ones you just said, you took all my answers there. If, um, yes, I'm just trying to think. That was kind of a damn mulling, yeah. Um, I think you pretty much covered them all for me. All right. Player you are most excited to see this week? Player I'm most excited to play, um, I mean, does that count pitcher? Yes. Okay, Nate Dome. I want to see his – and here's the thing. Everybody wants to see fastballs. Everybody wants to see 98. Everybody wants to see, you know, the 500-foot home runs. I want to see what kind of changeup and what kind of curveball Nate Dome has. That's what I'm most excited to see because I think if he can mix pitches – then, then all of a sudden you do have the opportunity of having a Friday night guy. All right. So I want to see Cam Schulke pitch. Different arm slots? Yeah. I just want to see how it works. Because we talk about you don't have to throw 90. He doesn't. But he throws it up there a lot of different ways. I want to see how that, how that how works. That, okay. I can see that. We you, have said before on the show we'd take two out of three. Two out of three ain't bad. Uh, I mean. No, I'm not. Hey, you know who's good at a lot of different – when you talk about Shulky, you know who's good at a lot of different things? That's our friends at Howard Technology Solutions. They're good in the technology world, laptops, security systems. They're good in the lighting world, of course, in the power industry. I mean, they could do it all. Over 4,000 employees down in South Mississippi and Jones County now. It all started by Billy Howard, a graduate of Mississippi State. Started that company back in the 1960s and it's grown into a monster in the technology world. Go to howardcomputers.com to see how this Mississippi company can help you with your business solutions. And also our friends at Maroon and Company. Coming to the town today, hey, you need that sweatshirt for tomorrow's game because it's going to be cold tomorrow. It's, uh, it's going to be chilly. That wind's going to be blowing out of the north. So you come to basketball, and then you got to put on that sweatshirt. Go to Maroon and Company, or go online to maroonandco.com. Type in the code NIL10. You get 10% off your purchase, and then 5% of that comes back to the Bulldog Initiative. Our great friends, Wyatt Craig, and the great folks at Maroon and Company in the Cotton Mill Marketplace right by Chick-fil-A. All right, last thing that I have for you today. Of the game day experience at Mississippi State, what do you hope that you do not see this year? Oh, well, I mean, there are. And here's the thing, Charlie. Uh, in your life, things change a little bit. Because if you'd asked me this question 20 years ago, I'd have said, man, I don't want to hear that proud to be a Bulldog from a good old MSU song. But I'd love to hear that song right now. When we came out, the old G. Morgan dad's oh, on. I wish we could find a copy. I wish we could find a copy of it. Still haven't been able to find a copy. 20 years ago, I'm sitting there going, man, I hate that daggum song. But now I really would love to hear it. And that and the Diamond Girl song, that Diamond, I, you know, we used to play that. I hated that. But I'd kind of like to hear that. So, 
just because I don't like something right now doesn't mean five years from now that I won't like it. Um, I will never. It is tempting. Never. In this short space. Ooh. Is that one? No, I'm just asking you because I, I, I'll go ahead and tell you mine. Give me a man after midnight or anything by the, what are they, Danish rock group, ABBA? Yeah, I don't want to hear ABBA. I don't want to hear any. Uh, man, I feel like a woman. No Shania Twain and no ABBA on the PA today, and I'll be all right. All right. I can, yes. If I hear Dancing Queen. Didn't we? Oof. All right. This is a series we don't know. The, I, here's what I was trying to decide as I came in today. Have I convinced myself by watching us play each other that we're pretty good? And see, that's why I really don't watch us play each other. Have I convinced myself by listening to guys talk about their approach to thinking, hey, we're pretty good? I think we're going to be better. That's not much of a limb to go out on. I just don't know how much better, and I think we'll start to get some of those answers this weekend. We will. Hey, looking forward to being in the booth. See you with your SEC Network swag on this morning. I've got mine on ready to, ready to roll, too. Man, I love baseball. Can't wait to get in the booth. Can't wait to start getting all your tweets and your emails and your texts. Oh, I wouldn't say all of them. Well, most of them. And, hey, just to let you know, if, um, if you turn on the tube, something's wrong with the audio. If something's wrong with a video, if you got a camera guy that uh, may be shaking out there or whatever, I don't think they will be. But anything technical with the broadcast, just to let you know, and I mean this with the most Christian-loving heart, the only thing I can do and Charlie can do is talk into the microphone. That's all we have the ability to do. If it comes down to any effects, if the score is wrong on the bug, if they got the wrong, if they if something is misspelled, if Boy, inning you're on the defensive this morning. If inning has just two ends in it, it's it's uh, all we can do is talking to Mike. So, but other than those tweets, we uh, we'll we'll, we'll kind of you know we'll engage a little bit. Well, I'm excited about it. I think. Look, I'm just excited to start seeing some of these guys come across the mound. That to me, I think this team's going to hit. I always think our teams are going to hit. And I just shudder to think there's a day I won't think that. Hey, and another thing, too, along the lines, I was just talking about broadcasting. A couple of years ago, I was out in Dallas. Guy walks up to me, and he says, hey, man, I feel like you're a part of the family. I mean, you guys have been in my home, it seems like, every other night for the past three months. Well, let me tell you this. Today is the first of 32 games you got me and old Charlie. 32. There's 35 home games. There's three games that you get uh, – Get the pros. Get the, the real guys. And so 32 Maybe they'll even be here. Maybe so. Um, hey, last thing for me about this baseball team. I think we have a chance to have a special combination in the middle of the lineup with Dakota and Hunter. We've gone through our history. You know, you can think back to we talk about that 79 team back when you had Castoria, or excuse me, 81 team when you had Castoria and Mark Gillespie, right? Right. We talk about thunder and lightning and all this. These two have a chance to put up some huge numbers back-to-back. Okay, so who gets the most pressure? Let me tell you who gets the most pressure. Whoever bats right in front of them and right behind them. Okay. We need whoever bats in front of that twosome to have – Just get on base. Have an average to above average year 
and whoever's behind them have to have an average or above average year. All right, so to that point, you think back, and let's say let's go to 85. Okay, so you had Palmero and Clark, or Clark and Palmero. They actually flipped them in the middle of the year. But then you had Thigpen and John Mitchell, so you had a couple of really good hitters behind them. Yes. And, you know, they didn't put up the same numbers, but they put up good and productive numbers. You can't have guys behind them that are having struggles that you can pitch around them. So they're in. Give them something good to hit. You going back Dakota third today? Or do you – you know, there's this new trend kind of in Major League Baseball. If you like, look, the Yankees hit your best guy second. Second, yeah. So you're going to go – you could, in theory, then go Amani Larry leading off. I think we'll see that. You could go Dakota second, Hunter third. But then the question is – If Mershon is healthy, do you go Amani then Mershon? Do you bat Bryce Chance that high? Yeah. Or do you see Mershon go down to nine? An athletic guy that was almost your second leadoff guy. I don't you know. You could have some fun making out this. You really up. could. You could have some fun making. I mean, that's you have some pieces. Well, I guess here in a couple hours we'll get some answers. So, anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back on Sunday morning for Sunday coffee break down the first two games and hopefully celebrate, not commiserate, and be looking forward to a sweep. But until then, hey, check us out. We'll be on the SEC Plus. You know how to get it. There'll be somebody who doesn't know how, but help each other out there. If my 92-year-old grandmother can figure it out. You got it. Somebody from Nanawoya. When right? all else fails, log out, log back in. You'll be good. <laughs> turn off, turn it back on. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. See you Sunday.